Welcome to episode four of the Cop Talk podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Brent Berzicki, joined again by Jim and Mark Lambert. How are you guys doing tonight? Good. How about you? Oh, well, from the stories we were talking about before we went on air there, I'd say that uh, you win. But uh, <laughs> Jim, how about you? <laughs> how do you know that wasn't me saying, good, how about you? Uh, you know, it, it's... It, it's this kind of camaraderie we have. <laughs> yeah, okay, Brent, no no instant messaging during the podcast. That's all I got to tell you a, right there. Just another that's, day in paradise. Oh, that's 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 good. So we're all coming off of, what, full shifts of what we actually do during the real life, and now we're going to go into uh, try to answer a few questions. Is there – do we have anything we want to hit first off or in the news, anything get yes. out of the way? Yes. Oh, we do, yes. but is this, is this an yes. in the news – is this an in the news funny uh, thing this, or in the no, news this serious is just thing? Just a warning to everybody with okay. uh, burglaries, huge rise of burglaries. It's uh, it's with the economy the way it is, houses are getting broken into left and right. Just this uh, the weekend I read on the beat board. Uh, I mean there were numerous home burglaries, but this one particular house got broken into. The people were away on vacation. They had guns and jewelry in their house, no alarm system, nothing. Somebody broke in. They took the jewelry. They took the guns. While they were in there, they figured they'd load up the BMW in the garage and take that just as well. So people, get an alarm system. They're dirt cheap. You go out. Companies will put in a free alarm system in your house with a motion sensor, doors, and windows. Cost you $29, $39 bucks a month, two-year contract, three-year contract. They're all different. Pick and choose. Get an alarm system because if these people had an alarm system, if they took the precautions of first, they had an alarm system, people aren't going to spend a lot of time inside the house with an alarm ringing, um, especially a monitored one where they know the police are going to be called. Number two, if they had a safe where the guns or jewelry could have been kept, they would have their, th- their property there. It's, you got to take extra precautions in this day and age. Even if you get one of those small safes like you know, if you ever go to vacation, a lot of uh, hotels have safes in the closet. They're bolted to the studs in the wall. They're an electronic safe. You could put your jewelry, valuables. When you leave on vacation, you put your car keys, valuables, whatever in there. No one's going to get it. So um, you could avoid a nightmare like these people just by taking some simple precautions. There, hey, I, I got, got that question. off my chest. I got a question. Go, Jim. <laughs> hey, Mark. Why don't you explain to the people what a beat board is? A beat board. That would be where if we come in from our days off, all the crimes that happen on the time that we are off, the days that we are off, the uh, report face sheets are on this beat board. So we could flip through it and see what happened while we were off. So a quick way to get up to date. What crime occurred on the days that we were not working? We can go in there and read about what happened, where, and why, and how, and all that. Yes. No, that's cool. No, I'm not playing for once. I, this was in response to a question last week asking about should I report this or should I not? And that's why it's so important that people report crimes even if they think that they're going to be bothering us or it's not that important. Because all that information does go on a beat board. And almost every city across America is divided into beats that police officers cover. They're each assigned to a specific beat. They get to know the people in their beat, the residences, where the problem areas are. And that beat board is extremely important. So for those that don't know what it is, it's something that every uh, police department utilizes where we know what's going on both uh, when we're working on the other shifts and after we come in from our days off. Yep, like let's say I work beat five and I'm off for two or three days. I come in and all of a sudden I see there's quite a few thefts from vehicles or home burglaries in my beat and uh, I see what time of day they're occurring and I'm going to spend a little bit extra time and uh, focus my attention to that area to try to find out who's doing that in my area. So yes, the beat boards are uh, handy to find now out. Now let's say I'm on. the police chief and I see Mark is working beat four or beat five and Jim is working beat four. And nothing, absolutely nothing is going wrong with beat four, and everything is just unloading in beat five. I'm going to assume that Jim is the much better officer than Mark. Cause no, he I'm can't thinking that Jim's probably contacting the suspects in his beat, and since he doesn't like <laughs> writing reports, he's putting them in his police car, and he's dumping them off into Mark's beat. <laughs> 
whatever. All right, Brent, back to you. That that's that's lovely. <laughs> that's a that's a wonderful thought. So, the other, I guess, the one other thing that somebody can do is vacation house checks. Is that something that? I mean, I remember back in the day we did all these all the time in the department I worked with. Now, Mark, are you guys handling that same type of thing? Well, people can call in and tell us they're going to be on vacation, and usually the clerks up in the front, they'll do a vacation house check form, and they'll put it on the, guess what, beep board. And so the officer um, jotted down in his notebook the dates that these people are going to go be gone and usually does some extra patrol past the house and on on the vacation uh, request <clears throat> vacation check request you could put down what vehicles should be in the driveway if there should be anybody checking on pets or or anything there so that way the officer drives by and you know if there's not supposed to be cars in the driveway and he sees cars there it's going to cause them to run the plate or, or stop and check check it out so yeah, people could request it. They put it on the beat board in the officers' uh, um, the briefing room, and usually the officers get the word to go check on the house. Brent, can I say something? Uh, sure, Jim. Go right ahead. Uh, thanks, Brent. No problem. Just capping on what Mark said. Um, when I was young, I used to look at vacation house checks being a total pain in the butt, and because uh, they weren't, they were boring and. Uh, anything but what I really wanted to do which was go out and arrest people but as I got a little older I realized that hey if I was on vacation I definitely want the officers in my city uh, swinging by a couple times just to make sure everything's cool however nothing can beat having a neighbor or two watching your house while you're gone because they know who belongs there who doesn't if an officer is completely strapped with investigations or a fatal accident or something that requires a lot of follow-up, the last thing he's going to be able to do is break away for a vacation house check. But if you leave emergency numbers with a neighbor on either side, and I've had this happen hundreds of times, we get a fire or, or something unexpected in the middle of the night, and the neighbors come over and they say, hey, this is, this is the Smith's house, they're on vacation in Hawaii, but this is the emergency number for them. And it makes a big difference. So I'd rely first on your neighbors and then secondarily on uh, on the officers as far as vacation house checks. Yeah, I wouldn't say if you call into the police department and say, I'm going to be on vacation such and such a date, that you should take that as peace of mind. Because the officer may see it on the B-board that day, and as the days go on, it gets buried underneath all the other reports. And he may drive by, but it's it's going to be a very low priority. It's... You know, the calls that the officer gets dispatched to are going to take priority, you know, over going by your house to check it. So, like Jim said, yeah, if you got a neighbor, then keep an eye on it. Uh, look out the window, check on things, get your mail. <clears throat> you know, stop your mail, stop your newspapers if you're going to be on vacation uh, so it doesn't all pile up. If, if a thief's driving through a neighborhood and he sees six newspapers stacked up in your driveway, he knows you're not there. So... Stop your uh, paper delivery, stop your mail delivery while you're gone, or have a neighbor pick it up. And, uh, you know, the neighbor's going to be the best security for you. That's so, a lot of hassle, though. So, you know, getting all the paper and the mail. St- I say people just don't go on vacation. Stay home and watch your house. That's what I do. Well, some people don't live in paradise like you, Jim, you know, where you're on vacation every day. Oh, that, well, you know. Yeah, it's yeah beach but front, Mark, beach front most property. people don't live in a gated community either, so there. Yeah. That's true. I don't. But one of us, one of the three of us, seems to believe that 95% of the population does, but he's sadly mistaken. Well, I'll have Which to one talk of the to, third of us? I guess I'll have to talk to that guy because uh, <laughs> he gets vacation house checks. So in, to sum it up, though, vacation house checks, they have the resident's going to have to call the police department. They're going to have to ask them if they do them. If it's a bigger city, more than likely the answer is either it's going to be done by probably a police assistant or somebody that's not an actual officer, right? Some departments use their CSOs, community right. service officers, to drive up to the house, go you know, check the doors and windows, and uh, other departments will just put it on the beat board and hope that the beat officer sees it and uh, does the checks. But if it's a if it's a jumping night, you can guarantee that thing's right at the bottom. It ain't gonna happen. Right. So between alarm system, neighbors, vacation house check, I mean, is there anything else that we can add to that? 
Yeah, well, if you got a 140-pound Rottweiler in the yard that a neighbor feeds once a day, that might help too. And hasn't eaten your neighbor. Yeah, that's probably yes. a good good thing. So, hey, right, we've well. got a bunch of people living in RVs over at uh, behind Walmart. Maybe you could hire one of those people to move their trailer into your driveway and uh, kind of be a live-in uh, care sitter for your house. You know, you could probably put an ad on Craigslist, too, saying I'm going to be gone on vacation for a month. I'd like to hire somebody to come stay in my house and watch it for me. <laughs> I, I do believe that's going to come into our online safety episode that we're going to have eventually. <laughs> but uh, uh, the, the people of Walmart. Yeah, well, that's a that's an episode or two right there in itself. So uh, you might have to change the rating if you post the pictures of that, though. Yeah, but that's not like we're uh, not not, not saying that we that got we anything like against Walmart. I think that's where Jim does most of his shopping. But it just there's some funny things going around on the internet about the people of Walmart. I think it's a TV show, isn't it? Um, no, dude, not, what not is funny that. about a very large woman wearing a thong in Walmart? I just I don't see the humor in that. Or the cross-dressing man that's uh, walking through the aisle in his camouflage dress. I mean, hey, you, you some can't. people have issues, and some people are okay with that. Well, kind of look like Brent from behind, but I wasn't <laughs> oh, really saying anything. That's, Ouch! That's wrong. <laughs> that's uh, that's what we get when everybody works all day. That's right there. Yes, that's the type yes. of answer that we get. So, other than that, do you want to uh, take a Mark? Do you want to take a quick minute to talk about that book that you were finally published in? Oh, just to let everybody know what was going on with that. I did a post on the site, but if you just want to sum it up in a couple quick seconds here, yeah, there was just a contest came out through uh, Police Writers Group. What is a hero? And uh, they wanted people to write in and just give their spin on what they thought a hero was and it could be anywhere from a family member to somebody that you know somebody idled a fireman uh, somebody in the military it could be a relative just the father somebody you know the, somebody's father was a hero to them and I started thinking that the, the main reason I got into police work was because of Jim you know I went on a couple of ride-alongs with him and um I, I it just I caught the bug. It was very exciting, and I caught the bug. And I, Jim helped me out a lot. I became a reserve uh, with my department, <clears throat> and then they hired me full time. And it, it was all basically based on Jim. And we've been through a lot together from writing this book. Uh, two of my friends were shot and killed at my police department. And Jim was up in the helicopter during the funeral, doing the the missing man formation with a helicopter while I was on the ground standing on the front line with everybody from my department two different times and it just uh very touching and you know Jim's the one that pinned the badge on me when I graduated from the police academy so he was my hero I got into police work because of him and I wrote a, a story on how I thought Jim was my hero and uh out of thousands of entries it got uh, picked out of I believe there's 13 stories in the book and uh, it's a short story and uh, but it got picked and it got published so I was kind of uh, happy about that so if people want to people want to see that they need to grab a copy of the book and there's yeah, a link there's, on uh, our there's website like 13 so. stories from people that wrote in how they're uh, some of the heroes are in police work some of the heroes are in the military um, it's an interesting book um, how people view heroes in, in their life, who the heroes are in their life, and it was a pretty interesting book. So yeah, yeah it's uh, it's not too expensive, and you know while you're at it, buy one of our books, and then buy that book also, and uh, you got plenty of good reading. Maybe you can get me a snippet of that that I can throw up there on the site just to give people an idea of what you did. Sure. So, uh, well, now that now that, that I will do. I would assume Jim's all teared up now, so he won't be able to answer questions. I think he went to grab some Kleenex and, uh, and maybe some more <laughs> I, coffee. I just grabbed some Kleenex. But, uh, you okay you know, there, I, I read that. I read that book. Uh, I went over to Mark's house for Easter with, with the rest of our family, and, and uh, it was cool. I mean, I, I knew Mark did that a long time ago. He sent me the article, and I've always had it on my computer ever since then. And, and uh, once a month or so, when I start getting friggin' uh, frustrated at work, I'll look at that and... You know, it's awesome. I'm, I'm very humbled by it and, and, uh, and honored. And, Mark, it was very cool. But uh, I got to say, you know, I mean, I'm almost towards the end of, of my career. I've had a blast the whole way. But one of the toughest days to ever beat will be the day that you graduated from the academy and I got to, uh, to give you your badge that you were going to wear in your city. You know, it was awesome. And, and uh, 
people will say that, uh, you know, I want to get into law enforcement to help people. And, you know, yeah, that's one of the reasons, but there aren't too many jobs where you don't know what you're going to be confronted with every day, but the camaraderie of who you work with just makes, makes it uh, second to none. Working with a great group of guys and relying on each other and knowing that, that people got your back, it's incredible. I mean, and I don't Mark, care what happens. If anything happens, they'll put their life on the line for you. That's just how, you know, how tight of a group and how close you, you bond when you're working in a situation. Everybody knows. Like I said, we lost two officers at our department that were shot and killed, and everybody knows. Every day we pin the badge on and put the uniform on and go to work, that could happen. And that's why we have such a close bond with each other. Yeah, I can even say that that uh, that that same camaraderie is there. You know, even as a reserve, as I am. I mean, we were talking about this the other night. That, I mean, we do this all for free too. So on top of that, you have that same brotherhood of being able to call somebody anytime and that you need them, and they'll come and help you. But let alone, it's even. I mean, it's after. It's that. It's just an additional thing on there. So it's a pretty incredible group. It is, and if you want to read that book, that story I wrote, um, it's on our website, What is a Hero? And Jim, yeah, you did come over for Easter, and that reminds me of the two brass candlesticks and the sterling silverware that you took. I need that back as soon as you can. Dude. Oh, so you think I took it? Why don't you check with your little grandson, dude, all right? He's a two-year-old terror. Put that kid on a leash. And it was at your place setting. Yeah, and it, oh. and it, it was during a vacation house check, too, so you're, yes, you're yes. pretty much hey, guilty. You know, Hey, if you ever get booted out of uh, police work, you need to open up a hot link stand. Because yesterday I had to work 12 hours overtime out on the river, and I made a couple of hot link sandwiches out of those things. Oh, my God. Those were incredible, dude. You know, I've been I've been telling my wife over by my house, There's a, it was a failed drive through coffee shop. The past three times it opened up, it's failed every time. There's dual drive throughs It's a small little corner a building with two drive-throughs. I want to put a sign on it saying "drive-through dogs" and open up a hot dog and hot link uh, little business, sir. <laughs> I'm thinking you drive by Casper's. I don't care what time of the day it is. They have a line out the door. I don't care if it's 11 o'clock, two o'clock, four o'clock. There's a line out the door. So uh, drive-through dogs, and I'll I'll do that with the hot links for you, Jim. You gonna come and get some? Yeah, I'll come I'll, every day. Cool. <laughs> you can sell copies of the book. <sighs> yes. Well, Speaking of the book, let's, uh, let's answer a couple of questions. All right. So we got, it uh, looks like, let's see, one, two, three, four, five questions. If we can get through them all tonight, we will. If not, some of them will go on to next week. Um, number one, probably the biggest question we ever get asked, I know it's one of the big ones for me, is I was just pulled over for speeding. What should I do? I mean, besides slow down? Well, I would say besides stop for the officer would be number one. But so you're pulled over. What should you do? What 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 should you do in the car when that cop just pulled you over? I say slam on the brakes so the cop rear ends you, and then you've got a suit against the city. That's only no, if you're driving. Didn't. No, that's only if you're driving a Toyota <laughs> Prius. So. <laughs> Oh, then you could floor and just say your gas pedal got stuck. This is true. Now, in in just a just a hint of being serious about this, can, can we get some actual legitimate stuff that people could actually use? Well, what are they asking? Are they asking what to do during the stop, or are they asking what to do I'm, about going to court in their defense? And what? Okay, what so are they so I just get pulled over, and all of a sudden I go. Oh man, okay. I just got pulled over. What do I need? I need my ID. Uh, I, I think I need my insurance. I gotta hide my gun in the dashboard. <laughs> I mean, all these things go through somebody's head, but they're freaking out because they don't want to deal with the cops anyway. So what? What are you looking for that makes you respond differently to a call that is going to be the normal pullover that you have no problem with, and the people are nice, and you give them a ticket or you let them go or whatever that is compared to the criminal mind that's thinking differently. If we pull over a car for speeding and the car pulls over, we're going to get a little hinked up if we see the guy all of a sudden reaching down around the floorboard or reaching for his glove box. First bit of advice I would say is don't start opening your glove box or looking for stuff. 
If the cop pulls you over, pull to the side of the road, keep your hands up on the steering wheel, wait till he comes up to the window, and just do whatever he says. He's going to tell you why he pulled you over. He's probably going to ask for your license first. Don't argue and say, what would you stop me for? Most officers are going to want to get your license in their hand first, and then they will explain to you why. Because they want to know who they're talking to first. So he's going to come up. He's going to say, excuse me, can I have your license, registration, and insurance? If it's in the glove box, tell him, officer, it's in the glove box. And he'll say, go ahead and get it. So there's no surprises. You get it, you give it to him, and the, the stop goes normal. If you sit there and you try to argue with him, what do you stop me for? I'm not going to give you my license until you tell me. It's it's going to get ugly, and you can guarantee yourself a ticket. Well, I do pay your salary. so <laughs> I've heard that a few times. Yeah. I like the annoyed look where they say, well, can, can I, have I a race help then? you? <laughs> what was oh, that, sorry, Jim? Mark. Well, no, Jim, I, what was it? I got, I, I got nothing. Oh, okay. that's good. <laughs> I, I get the, I pay your salary as a reserve, and I said, well, here's your quarter. That's your portion. I'm cool now. <laughs> well, if they so, told me that, I asked them if I could have a raise. <laughs> well, I guess, I mean, if they pay it, I guess they could give it to you. Sure. We don't take bribes, though. So Jim's had a few traffic stops that have uh, gone ugly. Traffic stops gone bad. Can we call them that? Huh. Where Jim did his little Jim twist on the stop. I love those things, but I don't know if it's something you want to discuss well, we could, on the air. Well, we can throw something in there. The, I guess the other question is, is just before we get into de- deeper into that, I mean, how many people even pull over to the right correctly? How many people put themselves in danger and the cop behind them when they're getting pulled over? You know, it, it's not that all of these just go splendidly well right from the beginning. People freak out when you turn the lights on. Well, some well, people stop they in do the freak middle out of the road. Stop in the middle of the road, yeah. Before I make a stop, I've usually already run the plate. I already know that I'm going to stop the car, and I'll start positioning my car to where the yellow ambers are on, but the car ahead of me doesn't know it. But the cars behind me start slowing down, and they give me room to get the car pulled over. Nine times out of ten, I'd say the officer, when he makes a stop, has already selected where he would like the car to stop. Whether it does or not is another thing. The average person will just pull over to the right and stop normally. And then we have a few entertaining uh, subjects who put an interesting twist on it. Like? Like pulling over to the left in the center median of the freeway or slamming on their brakes or swerving to the right to where... The officer has to slam his brakes on. and Or somebody, me and Jim, both know where they may try to wave you around because they don't think it's for them. <laughs> hey, how's mom doing anyway? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, mom. <laughs> I'm not going to tell her you burned her on the air, Jim. Oh. All right. Now that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> She'll have to listen to it. So, okay, so stop. You get your insurance out. Do we need to show insurance still? In most yep. states? By law. So by law, I have to show you my insurance. By law, I have to give you my driver's license, which should not be in your wallet that has 450,000 other things in it. should be out, separate, so that the officer can have it. What And registration. And, and the registr- biggest thing is there's nothing worse or more entertaining, should I say, than asking somebody for their license and their registration and insurance and they give you the license, and then they lean over and open the glove box, and you know it's just packed full of papers. And they hand me a registration from eight years ago, insurance from four years ago. I tell them that's not it, and they start handing me all these different expired ones. And the best thing to do is when you get your new insurance and your new registration, paper clip it together in the glove box and get rid of the old ones. Shred them. There's no reason. Once you get your new ones, there's no reason to keep the old ones. And that way you won't get several years worth built up in there and it's going to take time. The best chance you have of getting out of a ticket is when the officer asks for license, registration, and insurance, you give them the license. You get the registration and insurance right away, the current ones, you hand it to them, and you just be straight up and honest with them and you don't lie. And there's a lot of officers that will just let you off with a warning if, uh, if it goes like that. So if you don't lie to the cops, you can get off of a ticket. Well, cops don't like being lied to, especially the officer sitting at a four-way stop sign. His sole purpose of being parked there is to watch for somebody that runs the stop sign. 
a car comes up, slows to about 10 miles an hour, rolls right through the stop sign. The officer stops him and the person argues, I stopped. You must have seen somebody else or I totally stopped and just lying to the officer when the officer, you know, just witnessed that. And usually when people start lying to an officer, it's you're not going to get out of a ticket. You're going to get the ticket or, or the ticket plus a bonus. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And lying could be just about for anything. Well, that- I had this guy in a in an Eldorado doing 95, almost 100 down uh, the freeway uh, 680 when I was working in the city uh, down by your way there, Brent. Ah, yes. And I, I stopped this guy, and he pulls over, and he immediately tells me that he's rushing to uh, the hospital um, because his wife was just involved in a uh, major accident, and uh, he didn't think she was going to make it. So I said, man, that really sorry to hear that. So I get his ID, and if it was true, I was going to actually lint him off because, I mean, that's pretty traumatic, but you don't want him causing an accident and getting there either. But we had just gotten the cell phones, and I called John Muir to confirm that so-and-so uh, had been involved in a serious accident, and they said, what are you talking about? It's slow tonight. We're all sitting here playing cards. You know, it's, it's just the ER is empty. So I went back to the car, and uh, I said, hey, I think your wife's going to make it, but what's, uh, what's your home phone number? And he gave it to me. So I called the home phone, and the wife answers. And I, I said, hey, are, are you okay? Told her who I was, and she says, yes, why? I said, well, your husband said that you were dying uh, at, at this hospital because you were just involved in a, uh, in a major crash. And, you know, I wanted to confirm that, that you know, that was true. And she just went off wanting to know where that beep was and, and what he was doing. So I said, here, hang on. You can talk to him. So I took my phone back to his car and I said, hey, your wife wants to talk to you. She made a miraculous recovery. And the look on his face, he goes, tell her I'll call her in a few minutes. <laughs> it was awesome. So because he put me through all that hassle, he got a ticket for uh, doing 100 miles an hour on the freeway, which is about $500 in court. And all he had to do was be honest with me. You know, people are going to make mistakes. If you're honest about it and you're polite and you hand me that license, registration, insurance, all nice and neat without opening the glove box with 40 tons of paperwork falling out, I'm going to seriously give you a break. But if you've got to sort through all that crap and I've got to look at your registration with Burger King burger drip on it and everything else, you're getting a ticket. <laughs> well, that's that's good. That's I mean that sums it up. There you go. Honestly, Not that there's anything wrong with Burger King. No, or or registration like that. Yes. So, but I mean the worst part is is you have all that junk in your glove box. You open it one day, you have the window open, all your personal information flies out the window, and people are over burgling your house the next day. You know, so. but but also telling the truth, there is there should be a limit on telling the truth too. Like I pulled over a car when I was in Motors. And the guy was speeding, got him on the uh, the laser, pulled him over, and he's, well, I was just on a rush to get home from uh, from work real quick. And uh, he didn't have insurance and a couple other things. So I, I wrote him a ticket. I went up, gave him the ticket book and the and the pen to sign it. He goes, officer, I just got to be really truthful with you. I'm on my way home from work, and I'm in a hurry because I had an accident in my pants. <laughs> and right about then, the wind shifted, and I could smell the accident in his pants. So that was something he really didn't need to be that truthful to me about. <laughs> but he, he did get a free pin out of the ordeal. Because you let him keep it? Yeah, I wasn't okay. going to take the pin back. <laughs> so uh, there's some the- things you don't have to be that truthful about, but uh, we do appreciate honesty. Yeah, well, hey, at least he was honest. That's true. I would have written a ticket. He did. He got a ticket, but he got the free pin out of it. <laughs> you wrote him a ticket for that? I was kidding, dude. He didn't tell me about it. He told me he was speeding on his way home from work, and I went back and wrote the ticket. And when I went up to have him sign it, that's when he wanted to do the confession. But the ticket had already been written. He already handed it to him, and so, and after, uh, so be it. After the ticket. Now, now, now we know what he used the ticket for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. I, I never did go to court on it, though, so would you? I, I would have loved to have gone to court on that one. So, <laughs> so what was the exact excuse, sir? Yeah. So, all right. Well, <laughs> Next. So, so, well, just to sum it up, then, honesty, have your stuff in some semblance of order at least, and 
I mean, other than that, it's just... Keeping your hands on the wheel initially. Don't be digging around for stuff. No furtive movements. Keep your hands on the wheel. The officer comes up. Let me see your license registration. You hand it to him and do whatever the officer says. Don't... How about uh, rolling down your window? How about turning your car off? All that'll work. That's fine. You you pull it aside. Yeah, you don't want the officer knocking on the window, knocking, knocking, and leaving the window up. But uh, How about talking on your cell phone and then looking like you're mad that the officer interrupted your phone conversation. Take it. Ah, there you go. Okay. I think we covered that one last week where the guy was at the stoplight and I go up and I look over and he's talking on the cell phone and, (laughs) and, uh, he looks over at me and I shake my head, tell him to put the phone down and he holds up his finger like just a minute officer, hang on one second. And, uh, that was the wrong answer. So he got a ticket for it. And at Maybe least he was in, calling the police department for a vacation house check. That, it could have been, that, or uh, yeah, or suspicious subjects at Walmart, or the suspicious that, person that was pulling him over and asking him to roll down the window. That's hey, true. Here's, an, here's another one: if you're a girl or a guy that's a friend of Mark or Brent's, don't cry on a traffic stop, or it's an automatic ticket. That I I, I will agree that that is a hundred percent true. And Jim cries, and that's why he doesn't like other people to cry. I hate to say it, though. You know, I learned it from Jim, though. If you're a kid and you're just learning to drive, yeah, you're pretty much going to get a ticket, too. So I remember many, many days that we worked together that were, uh, well, interesting. So yeah, that was, what, 20 years ago? Oh, man, don't let's not even go there. So, and the thing that hasn't changed is you can't fix stupid. Yeah. And my crummy attitude, apparently. So, Can't fix that either. So, question two is really just an addition to question one. It's, I just got a ticket for no insurance. So, this stop, you find out that the guy or girl has no insurance. Now, what does that person do? Or what do you do? Or what do you tell them? And then, what do you tell them to do? What should they do? Yeah, what should they do? What they should do is go out and get insurance right away, and then when they go to court, take that insurance into the courtroom and say, Your Honor, I'm sorry. I know it was a, a serious mistake, but as soon as the officer notified me, I went the next day. Here's my insurance policy. It's valid through whatever, and I apologize for uh, taking up your time. And the judge may take that sincerity into consideration and uh, dismiss it because you have insurance on your car immediately following the date of the stop but if you let that slide for two or three weeks and and the judge is assuming you're driving every day and and that you didn't have insurance especially at the time that the officer ran you out or uh, or stopped you then that's a hefty fine okay so so you're brent and brent rides his motorcycle way too fast he's been pulled over like 80 times and i can't actually get insurance so I get a ticket for no insurance and now I go to court and I'm at court and the judge, um, you know, your honor, I just got a couple tickets and I am honest, but you know, I just can't get any insurance, but I really need to get to work. And then what's the judge going to tell me? He's going to say $300 is 90 days good enough for you to pay. Hmm. If you had priors for stops and you show that you're a irresponsible driver, he's probably going to suspend your license. And you won't even be able to walk out of the court, right? Nope. So you're pretty, well, excuse me. They'll do stings like that sometimes in the court. When a judge suspends a driver's license, they'll have officers watching the parking lot. And if somebody goes out and gets in the car and drives away, they stop him. They impound his car for 30 days. And uh, they could arrest him for driving on a suspended license. So (laughs) So then uh, technically. Don't play that game. So technically all you can do is walk out of the courtroom. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, like Jim said, if you get insurance right away, the judge, they may not dismiss it, but they'll, they'll reduce the fine and they'll say, Hey, I'm glad, you know, the judge will say, I'm glad you got insurance. Um, cause you know, if you go to court for no insurance, the judge is going to ask you, do you have insurance now? And if you say no, there's, you're, you're out of luck you're and done. it's very expensive. It's like you're the second offense. Uh, if you get a ticket like the second time, it's five to seven hundred dollars. I mean, it's outrageous. Now, and, um, this is—I mean, we're we're only talking because we know California law, but I would assume other states probably have very similar situations. Yeah, you either have to have auto insurance, or you have to have enough money where you know in the bank showing that you have enough 
you have money to pay in case uh, of an accident. So you basically write your own rider policy or whatever. Right. You want. All right. Well, I think that covers that one. On to uh, question three, which is something that Jim and I probably have a little bit of experience with since it has to do with parties. And more than likely, these parties have juveniles. And we used to have a sergeant that, well, let's just say was a little bit crazy about juvenile parties. Um, so I just got a ticket for our party being way too loud. What do I do now? Well, I'd say you go back a little bit on that, and um, you probably got a ticket because the police have already been out there once or twice. The majority of officers are not going to write a ticket the first time. If they get a complaint of a loud party, they'll come out, They'll say, hey, look, we got some neighbors complaining, need you to turn the music down, you know, get the people that are outside talking loud, get them inside, you need to keep it down. By the time the officers go out there the second or third time, they're frustrated, they're pissed off, and they figure, okay, we, we tried to give them a break, now we're going to write tickets. And uh, if who, somebody got a ticket, chances are they already had gotten a warning about it. Who gets the ticket? The homeowner. I mean, so, if somebody's out front drunk or uh, causing a disturbance, they may get a they may get a ticket for causing a disturbance. But more than likely, the homeowner is going to get a ticket for the uh, violation. See, what I do is cite the juvenile that's hosting the party, and usually, mom and dad have no idea that it's taking place because they're on vacation. But uh, mom and dad will get the uh, civil citation from the city for the cost of how many officers it took to go out and break everything up. If there was a fight or a medical response was needed uh, for someone passed out on alcohol or, or anything, the parents absorb the civil fine uh, that the city imposes, whereas the kid hosting the party that's under 21 years of age will get a citation for hosting a juvenile party, which is a misdemeanor crime. And then if somebody leaves drunk and wrecks and kills a bunch of people down the street, they're going to incur all those costs too, right? That all rolls back to mom and dad. Ah, so mom and dad are on the hook for everything. Yep. Now, how if it's not a juvenile? If it's a 18 to 21-year-old or even a full adult that's just having a party that gets a ticket, are they going to go to court on that? Oh, yeah. And it's, yeah, a, misdemeanor. it's a misdemeanor. It's a misdemeanor crime. Okay. So, and, and there would be some kind of fine associated with that for... The only difference is with the 18-year-old, being that they're technically an adult, uh, that would be less civil responsibility for mom or dad, say they're still living at the house, versus if they were uh, 17 or under. But an 18-year-old is, is, is going to absorb uh, the majority of whatever fines um, are imposed from that incident. Okay, so if we step back a couple, I mean, um, I know when I'm out on the street, I don't go around looking for loud parties to try to write tickets. So we're going there for some reason. Either somebody called, a neighbor called, uh, somebody at the party just didn't like the way the party was going and decided that they'd call the cops to try to bust up the party. So well, it's the majority always, of the time, it's the neighbors that call on, you know, parties getting loud, out of hand, one in the morning, they're trying to go to sleep. And the majority of those calls are neighbors calling in, asking us to uh, go by the house and tell them to keep it down. So an option would be to actually know your neighbors or just simply invite them. Yeah, you could do that. You I could mean, uh, go to go to all the neighbors in your <laughs> your area. You know, especially if you live in a gated community, you must uh, know your neighbors, right? Well, <laughs> well, you know, we got security here, so I don't have to worry about actually seeing normal cops here. I got security guards to handle your guys' job. There yeah, you. well, what's 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 funny is uh, Brent, you and I went to probably some of the most <laughs> the largest ever friggin juvenile drinking parties Absolutely. that were in multi-million dollar homes behind a gated community so yep. uh, it doesn't really matter where it's and at. it was it, that those those parties were epic <laughs> and the responses were epic <laughs> it was yes, uh, they were. it was a sight to behold it's something that only that one uh, sergeant at the time could ever recreate I believe looked like a full-blown SWAT assault huh? it was abs absolutely there was no question Dude, I think I got more I got more SWAT experience chasing uh, 15 and 16 year old <laughs> kids out of a backyard than uh, going to San Pablo and going after friggin parolees I can definitely I can definitely tell you that I have definitely set up more perimeters on juvenile parties working that 
you know, working in that city we did than I ever have in any of my other reserve forces. And <laughs> Dude, we I swear to God, he had this spotlight <laughs> that would melt retinas. I mean, he, he'd yell, freeze! And, and you'd see these kids like deer in headlights of a car. And the first thing they want to do is cover their eyes because this thing's making their skin melt off their face. <sighs> that was pretty incredible. Traumatizing these poor young kids. And the interesting part about that is, at least in my opinion, he was one of the better sergeants we ever had. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everybody's got their own priorities. Uh, it was, uh, you know what's scary is a lot of those kids went on to become police officers. I wonder why. <laughs> they were uh, scared completely straight. <laughs> and now they have vendettas against juvenile parties, right? I got to tell you, if I have some crazy sergeant chasing me down through the backyard of a house with a spotlight that can burn my eyeballs out, I, I'm going to change the way I do things. It's just going to be the way it is. All right, so... Well, Let's, let's move on to f number four. So question four, which actually could come back and hit on question one, too, is I just got a ticket for tinted windows. What should I do? And I guess my question on this one to add to that is how are you going to know I had tinted windows? What happens for the officer safety side of it so that we hit on that and really any other points. I mean, I know we've got some cool tools that we can use for tinted windows, but there's also, I mean, Well, common. it's pretty obvious. I mean, when someone has tinted windows, I know there's different shades of tint. There's the, you know, limo tint or blackout tint, which is really obvious. And then some people think they could put a lighter tint on it. It's pretty obvious when a stock window, you could see obviously no darkening at all. Even a light tint's going to show. And some states it's legal. I believe uh, Texas and um, Arizona Nevada. and a couple of the Nevada, some of the Nevada, hotter states. Nevada still. Yeah, legal. it's legal to have your front windows tinted. In California and other states, you could have your back window and your back windows, the side windows tinted on the back, but not the drivers, not the front drivers, and not the front uh, passenger uh, window. In California, you got you got to check where you live, what state. But it's illegal to have any tent, and it is a fix-it ticket. The officer can write you a ticket, and you could either just pay a fine or else you could remove the tent and pay a $10 fee and uh, get it signed off. Um, so why? Why, why, do you, why, does the, why does California care about my front windows being tinted? So, all states are different, but it, a lot of officers um, say it's an officer safety issue. I mean, there's nothing worse than stopping a car. And as you're walking up, you cannot see in the car. You cannot see what the person is doing, what they're reaching for. The guy could be holding up a gun pointed at the window, and you wouldn't even know it till the window came down. So uh, as an officer safety, there's a lot of states that um, say you can't tint the front windows. Um, another thing people really don't realize is they get their very cool red car, and they throw their big giant rims on it. And they say, I'm going to put red window tint in the back window and back windows and uh, to make it look cool. And when we pull them over, they try to tell me, hey, I don't have the tint on the front windows. It's just the back windows. You cannot have red, yellow, or green tint in the back windows or back rear windows of a car. Anything that would look like a traffic light at nighttime when, you know, the guy behind you is headlight shining through, you cannot have um, that color tint on your car whatsoever, even if it's on the back windows. Mm. I think that goes for a bunch of other, like, uh, front, uh, those air dams that are on the front of the car, too. Those have to be dark colors only. They can't be blue or red or imitate anything that looks like a law enforcement light. I think yeah, that was people put those little tiny lights on their hoods, and uh, they put blue ones up there or red ones, and that's totally illegal. That's one of my favorite things to take off of a car at the state fair that we have, or our little county fair, I mean. So... Because they love driving around showing that stuff off. Yeah, I like showing my lights off too. They just usually <laughs> they don't like them as much. But all right, so yeah, anything? It's, it's just a fix-it ticket. You you take the window tint off. You take it down to the uh, police station, get it signed off. It only costs you ten bucks, and it's not a moving violation on your record. Um, have you guys used Have you guys used the tint meters, or do you, does the department have any of those the ones that slip over the glass and tell you exactly if they're legal or not legal? No, you, know, you could use a white piece of paper and get the same results, basically. Yeah, I'd say CHP. Because basically, any tent in California, any tent is illegal. There's only one shade that is legal 
in California, and that's you can't even really notice any darkness to it. All it does is keep the UV rays of the sun out, but there's really no darkening of the window. And it, it has to be factory installed. Yes. It can't be any aftermarket tent whatsoever. Actually, you know? no, there is there is an aftermarket tent, but it's really not a tent. It's just the UV ray blocker, but there's no darkness in it whatsoever. And it is a film that can go on the window, but your window stays as light and as clear as it was before. So there's no darkness to it at all. All right. Well, new technology. Yeah. Something else to get busted for. So let's see. So tickets. Question four. All right. So question five is one more I just got a ticket for uh, question, which is I just got a ticket for running a red light. What should I do now? Or don't run a red light. Okay. Well, that's the obvious answer. But I guess the question is, is do you challenge that as the driver of the car? And that goes back to what we talked about earlier. But You mean about the Toyota, that the throttle stuck and you couldn't <laughs> stop? That Yeah, and you know that all the Toyota things have been proved as total lies anyway, so it's, it's that's a whole different story. But the I, I guess the question is, is how, well, if you're the driver, how would you prove that you didn't run the red light? It's your word <clears throat> against the officers. Um, now, does that mean... You, does that mean you've that you've got 14 I'm, people in your car and they're all witnesses? I guess you could bring them to court, but it's your word against the officers. And um, the officers, you know, when it goes to court, the judge is going to ask the officer what he observed. And the officer is going to say, you know, it's parked here observing this red light, blah, 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 blah. And then he's going to ask you what ha- the person what happened. The thing is, you have, when the light turns red, um, if you are at the limit line, which is normally the white line painted across the roadway or a crosswalk, if the light turns red when you're on that or before that, you're in violation no matter what. I mean, when when a light turns yellow, you don't speed up to try to beat the light. It's uh, Yellow means slow down when you can. I mean, they don't expect you to lock up your brakes and slide to a stop in the middle of the intersection, but the yellow normally turns yellow for at least three, three to four seconds, and that's the warning to to slow down a lot of people try to beat the yellow and it ends up turning red before they hit the crosswalk and that's a violation so it's it's really about safely negotiating the intersection or coming to a stop or hopefully getting through it passing the limit line and making sure that you go through safely when yeah when it turns yellow you have plenty enough time to slow down and stop if it turns yellow just as you're approaching the intersection, um, the yellow being, you know, yellow for three, three seconds, four seconds, that gives you enough time to clear the intersection before it turns red. But there's a lot of people that are, you know, five, six, seven car lanes before the intersection and they see it hit, turn yellow and they hit the gas trying to beat the yellow. And that's where most of the red light violations come in. The other ones are right turn on a red light. A lot of people don't realize that they cannot make a right turn on a red light. They don't realize that they, because I'll pull over somebody and they'll say there was no sign saying I couldn't do that. And I'll say there, there doesn't have to be. When there's a red light, you come up, you have to stop. And if it's clear, then you can make a right turn on a red light unless there's a sign posted saying no turn on red light. But uh, that's that's a red light violation also if you don't stop when making a right turn. So multiple ways to mess up in that situation but in a lot of cities have cameras that automatically uh <clears throat> take pictures of cars going through the red light and those are really hard to fight um, yeah and usually not even administered by the police department itself but by a third no, party they're all automated well i know totally no, i don't I, I don't mean the camera i mean all the ticketing everything isn't even at the police department level it's all done through a third party agency or something. I think we should we should probably have at least some discussion on on red light cameras. I know that's been a big topic. Um, right. Maybe we can maybe we can add that to a future show. I'll put that on the old list here. We but. could do that, and we could actually do a show on. I mean, since we're coming down on all these speeders out there and burglars and everything, maybe we'll do a show where we give people a few tips on to uh, you know certain things to ask when they go to traffic court to try to better their chances a little bit. Well, I mean, do we want to do a traffic court next week or next episode? What do you think, Jim? Uh, I'll have my people call your people. 
<laughs> at least you at least you didn't say I got nothing. Hey, yeah, so Brent, the bottom line true. is this this question was I got stopped for running a red light, what do I do, right? Yes. Okay. Basically, as with any citation that you get, you're going to get a notice from the court about three or four weeks down the road with a court date. You're going to go to court, and the officer's not going to be there. It's going to be your opportunity to go before the judge, and he's going to say, how do you plead, guilty or not guilty? And if you say guilty, then you can pay the fine there and get it over and done with, but then it's on your record, blah, blah, blah. Well, if that's you're not actually a court day. You could say that's the preliminary hearing. Or the preliminary hearing. Yeah. If, if you want to contest it. show up for the court date, you win. But that's not on the first appearance. The first appearance, they have a chance to plead guilty or not guilty. Right. If they plead not guilty, then the officer is subpoenaed for a few more weeks down the road, and that's when the, the person will appear with the officer in front of the judge. And the judge will have the officer explain his observations. Then he will turn and ask the driver of the car for, for his side of the story, what happened, and then he'll make a determination. But in answer to the question, what do I do, you're going to get a notice in the court. And you need to pay attention to that that court date and uh, either appear. You're, you have to make a decision on it. Hey, I'm going to make this go away. I'm just going to plead guilty or I'm not. Now, the consequences for pleading guilty is you're going to have that as a mark on your driver's license. Your insurance is more than likely going to go up. And uh, I don't know how much the fines are, but they're not cheap. 400 least, something dollars. Wow. For a stop sign? Here in California for red light, 400 and something dollars. Yeah. At least if you go up before the officer, the, the judge has a little discretion based on your sincerity and how you present your case. He can cut the fine in half. He can dismiss the fine. You can request traffic school. If you've never had a moving violation or if you haven't been to traffic school in the last 18 months, I believe, you can request traffic school from the judge. And if you go through traffic school, that means that you don't have to uh, – that's not going to be on your history. The the point on your license so you could work it off through volunteer work too they got a whole list of places you could go volunteer and work off the fines that way and on yeah, the, so basically those are the steps whether you're stopped for speeding running a red light following too close or whatever that's usually the process for court on on moving violations arraignment not preliminary hearing arraignment that was that's it right. i'm glad we have a bunch of lawyers in the room <laughs> uh, that's another thing you can't some people bring a lawyer to traffic court and uh we always kind of laugh at that when somebody brings a lawyer to to traffic court because it really doesn't do a whole lot of good but hey if you want to waste your money and do that so be it yeah no hey kidding. speaking of laughing uh american idol's almost on so uh mark you got anything in closing for this week i got nothing that's my line. <laughs> I think we're gonna have to swap that line uh, throughout the next few shows. <laughs> well, I got a quick, I got a quick little something because I saw this on the internet, and it's very true. And we wrote a book ten something years ago that said, "Hey, if you do this, this, and this, chances are you're gonna get a break. Uh, if you're going ten to fifteen miles an hour over the speed limit, chances are we won't give you a ticket because there's leeway." But what this whole internet article addressed was the failing budget crisis that so many departments are in and i hate to tell you this whereas an officer would normally use discretion and be liberal with warnings uh they're now writing tickets for five six miles an hour over the limit and uh for the slightest mistakes that someone might make in a car and although 10 years ago it's not something an officer would write a ticket for they they very uh more often than not give a warning in this day and age regardless of what your excuses are or how you do things right on a traffic stop because of the way the budgets are and because of the way cities are looking at obtaining every dollar possible they're ordering their cops to go out and write any ticket possible um i mean we're under orders to do that even if it's something we don't want to do so that's something to be aware of to even drive more safely as far as speed limits stopping not following too closely because it's almost out of our hands now. If you blow it, you're probably going to get a ticket, and they're expensive. But if yeah. you do use the accident in the pants excuse, you might get a free pen. <laughs> well, I can. Well, okay, not. I won't agree with the accident in the pants thing, but I will definitely agree with Jim on this article. I, I think I read this article. I've actually heard this statement out of the mouth of the people that actually write the most tickets in our state, and 
they were basically directed to do that. So that, that's 100% correct, and they are writing tickets like madmen out there. So, Oh, here's one last thing. No, you said com- you got nothing. I was com- I, This is to save people from getting another ticket. I was coming back <clears throat> from racing motocross last weekend, and we're coming down the freeway, and way up in the distance, I could see the flashing blue lights of the, uh, the highway patrol on the side of the road. And as we're coming up, I see a second trooper waving people with his arms, move over, move over, move over. The right lane wasn't blocked or anything, but he's telling people to move over. So everyone's trying to go over. Uh, one vehicle didn't. They just blasted right through in the you know the far right lane, right past the trooper that was giving the ticket on the side of the road. Next trooper jumped in his car and chased him down. And uh, it's a new law in California. I didn't. I mean, here I am a cop, and I didn't really even know that much about the advance warning of it. But if there if there's an officer on the freeway giving a ticket to somebody right on the shoulder cars that are approaching in the far right lane either have to move over a lane if it's safe or if it's not safe they have to reduce their speed by at least 20 miles an hour and slow down or you can get a ticket for it it's a new law in california it's not only california too i think that actually started either in florida or texas because of uh the safety issues well there was multiple officers killed on the side of the road and we've actually had that happen here in california with a few guys that have I think they just got killed either, well, probably late last year or early last year, um, just literally sideswiped right off the side of the freeway. So Yeah, there, but there's a lot of people that don't know about that. You either have to very visibly reduce your speed and slow down, or you have to move over a lane if it's safe to do so. If you just yeah, the, the, maintain the your sad speed, thing you about that, The sad thing about that, you didn't know anything about it, and you're a cop. This is the first I've ever heard of it. It's like the blue light law that we ride out on the river. You know, when a cop boat has its blue lights on, whether it's Coast Guard or, or Sheriff, boats approaching are required to slow down to no wake speed within 300 feet of the boat. You think anybody knows that? You know, they bomb by us throwing a, a four-foot wake, you know, within 30, 40 feet of our boat. And the first thing we're doing is breaking loose from the boat we originally stopped to go ride a $500 ticket for the blue light law because it's so dangerous. But... It, you know, if that's true, I haven't heard anything about that. But if that's true, people need to uh, to be made aware of it. Oh, you can go online. It's uh, it's there. It's it was a new law that was passed in January of this year. One of the new laws. Yeah, I'll try. How am to, I supposed to know that? I don't go online. I'll try to find it. Since I'm the only one who actually goes online, I'll try to find it and post it on the site. There um, you go. The and the other, I guess, the only other law that I know of that nobody seems to obey at all is the uh, when it's raining or your wipers are on, your headlights are on in California. Right, right. Nobody nobody does this. If your headlights are on, um, or if it's raining, if your wipers are on, your wipers. headlights have to be on. Right. But that doesn't count if they're on intermittent. If they're on intermittent, you're okay. But if you have your wipers going at you know, the regular low or high speed, you have to have your headlights on also. There's I a just, lot of people that don't do that. I just flash my headlights when the wipers go. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like you, Brian. <laughs> hey, you know, it, these these people that live in gated communities, I don't know. I wonder about yeah, it sometimes. Like, uh, I look like a cop. Hey, you want to you save yourself 600 bucks? Don't pass the school bus when it has the little red lights flashing and the little stop sign out. Now, that is, you know, we could probably That's do a, big bucks. We could do a whole show on the things that you shouldn't do so that you'll save money. Why don't we do but that? Not, why don't we, one of our upcoming shows, why don't we do a little tra- a little known traffic violations that are going to cost people a lot of money? Yeah, I think that's a that's a great show topic. We'll take that one. So, all right. Any, idol is on. Uh, uh, I, I dare, I dare hey, cut I, into If I misjudge Judy, you can miss American Idol, okay? American Idol is on. As long as nobody's watching episodes of Cops, we're all good. So, so you guys ready? We can wrap this up then? It's a wrap. Hey. You've seen that show, The Police Woman of Maricopa? Oh, no. speaking of rap, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I didn't. Next show. Hey, Next no, show. no, 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 no. I didn't hear our intro music when we came on. You don't get intro music. I put it in afterwards. Oh, okay. It's called The Miracle of oh. Technology. Okay. It's just like I can yeah, use Photoshop. I like that music. I thought we'd have some exit music, too. Oh, we'll, we'll have exit music. And it'll probably, speaking of rap, uh, Jim does rap. You know, Jim can rap. Give us no, a little. Speaking of. Give Speaking us a little technology, Indian, give us a little Indian even, rap, Jim. Mark doesn't even know how to friggin' text. 
Jim, give us a little Indian rap. I'll you know what? The next show. I, I, I think with that, I think we actually will wrap it up. <laughs> it's a wrap. So we'll close it out. Website, go see it. Coptalk.info. Hit that Ask a Cop section. Ask us questions. You can use Twitter. You can use email. You can just get us the questions however you want. We'll answer them on a weekly basis. Yeah, and uh, please give us feedback. Let us know what you think of the show. Any suggestions, any topics you want to hear. And if you're uh, like we said, you, Mike Rowe with Dirty Jobs, uh, we we need your input to keep on going. Well, and, and don't go on vacation. Stay <laughs> home and guard your house. And if you're slow down, don't run stop signs. <laughs> and don't don't wear a thong to Walmart if you're over 400 pounds. Yeah, you know I don't even want to end on that. So <laughs> if you're if you are subscribed via iTunes, please write us some kind of you know plus minus we don't care what you write just put up well, something pluses in there. would be nice okay fine uh, you know uh, i'm unbiased when it comes and if to you're that. gonna give so, them a choice so basically one more show we'll see you guys next week next week maybe we'll hit on radar detectors run into a little traffic court talk about some stories from the book and uh we'll see you guys next week stay All safe right. stay safe see ya <laughs>